Hello, it's Wednesday the 17th of January. I'm Miranda Sawyer and my preferred climate crisis is Snowmageddon. <laughs> Welcome back to Papercuts, the modern newspaper review where we get together in a small group to cross our arms over our bosoms and get judgy about the UK press. Have you seen the state of the Guardian's lifestyle columns? What about the Mail's weird royal stalking? The Times' mad fashion advice? Or the Telegraph's weep for the millionaire's property section? What are they like? Yes, it's a marvellous view from our moral high ground. And you can join us up here every weekday, Monday to Friday. So why not subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. And away. (laughs) (laughs) Yet more Tory MPs flounce from their positions over the Rwanda bill. The Rat Pack is back, a day in the life of an urban ratty. And it's great when you're Kate, yeah? Kate (laughs) Moss's 50th birthday enters its 13th week. Welcome to Papercuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, where we're smiling through the Trump fear. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and with me today is Podmasters Group Editor and Techno Trooper. It's Andrew Harrison. Hi, Ra- Andrew. Rave on, Miranda. <laughs> Always. <laughs> and also with us is stand-up comedian and jazz jollifier, Marcus Brigstock. Hi, Marcus. Hi. Jazz time. <laughs> <laughs> so what have we got on the front pages today? What have you got, Andrew? Well, I've got the broadsheets. And The Guardian, PM faces revolt on Rwanda plans as senior Tories quit. This is Lee Anderson and Brendan Clark-Smith, the fun boy too of right-wing anti-migration conservatism. <laughs> the Guardian's got an incredible picture on the front, um, fresh from the Arctic. Wintry blast puts Britain in the freezer. It basically looks like Britain has turned into the road. Um, the Times, uh, Sunak hit by resignations and biggest rebellion yet. Deputy chairman quit on eve of key Rwanda vote. Uh, very remarkable picture of uh, Kate Moss's 50th birthday celebrations which seemed to have been going on for about 18 months she's got a lovely kind of flowery hat on here which makes it look like she's in the film Midsommar yeah. uh, which is great happy birthday Kate again um, the eyes very useful checklist front page delivers again top Tories quit in protest as Sunak sees off Rwanda rebels Prime Minister suffers new blow to his authority as 58 Tory MPs defy him and vote to strengthen the flagship Rwanda bill Outspoken Deputy Tory Chairman Lee Anderson. Outspoken did a lot of uh, lot of work there. Yeah, yeah. Mm, he's very outspoken. Quite a character. Tyler's <laughs> raconteur. Absolute. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> outspoken Deputy Tory Chairman Lee Anderson resigned to vote for amendments after it was made clear he will be sacked. Although not enough to force changes on Rishi Sunak, the scale of rebellion will alarm Tory strategists in an election year. They've also got a great box on the front from heroine of the podcast, Kate Lister. Uh, life, how many sexual partners have I had? Page 21. If you need to be asking the iPaper how many sexual partners <laughs> you've had, you need to be paying close attention. I use the iPaper to keep a tally for me, and it's three. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the Telegraph. 60 Tories turn on PM in Rwanda rebellion. Alison Pearson, voice of sanity. Mm. Uh, even electoral wipeout is wishful thinking for a party as limp as this. And we also have strictest head teacher in high court for banning Muslim prayer. Uh, yes, Catherine Burblesing has managed to get herself in the papers again. She's yeah. very good at that. Isn't she just? <laughs> Marcus, what do you have? Uh, I've got the mail here with a very snappy headline. Now will 60 Tory rebels sink PM's boat bill tonight and give Starmer a big helping hand into number 10? I think there are days when <laughs> when the mail are, are so angry about what's going on, they just have to put it all out and, and sack off a headline. But they've also got on the front page, and this, of course, 
caught my eye. Why William might be the first king in 500 years not to be the head of the church. See page five. Mm. Uh, and I've seen page five. And um, the word might is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Uh, As ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Mirror post office scandal they've led with this. Fujitsu knew their faulty system was destroying lives as sub post masters were sent to jail, but only after a TV show exposes them do they apologise. And in big yellow letters, about time. Mm. Uh, it is. It's really pleasing to see Fujitsu finally pulled into this mm. story and being made to answer some questions. And also made to pay. They and made to pay. pay and sort of seemingly, at this stage at least, quite willingly. Yeah, it's One a different of the chairman. Bosses went. Uh, oh yes, we have a moral obligation to step up now that this has been on ITV. <laughs> um, the Daily Star, on the other hand, proud to love animals. Um, <laughs> I mean, they've got it all on the front of the Star. Orange Man, I am the Messiah. Next to a picture of Trump, and then their thought for the day they've put on the front page: He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty orange man, baby. <laughs> Python will be thrilled. <laughs> But their main headline is this. Houston, we have a moron. <laughs> Space <laughs> minister mixes up Mars with the sun and thinks Jupiter is Saturn. Love it. Uh, the poor, poor space minister. What a difficult brief that is to, yeah. to be able to tell the difference between the sun and Mars. Now, the big news for Rishi Sunak, at least, is just how many of his Tory party compadres are preparing to stab him in the front yet again. The broadsheets have been busy totting up how many Conservative MPs are turning against his Rwanda bill. How many so far? 60. And two of his bestest friends resigned yesterday over the matter. Andrew, who resigned? And why? Well, it is the aforementioned Lee Anderson and Brendan Clark Smith, both of whom are uh, right wing. And I think it's not really necessarily libelous to call them headbangers because they are very, very uh, forthright. And Lee Anderson in particular, the notorious 30p Lee, who once claimed that people on benefits could easily cook a nutritious meal for 30p. All they needed was a professional kitchen, 30 staff um, and the ability to bulk <laughs> by. Uh, Carol Vordham is now referring to him as 31.13p Lee for inflation. <laughs> um, but he's 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 just a loudmouth. He's a, he's a he's a notorious sort of lousish figure. Was a um, was a, a member of the Labour Party um, across the floor, and has since kind of made his name as a kind of GB News truth teller. Um, Lee Anderson and Brendan Clark Smith are a weird pair. I've never the, heard of Brendan Clark Smith. I know who well, Lee Anderson is. He's but kind of know. like he's he's like the little sidekick. Um, Oof, holy they, shit! I know. Imagine Oof. being sidekick to Lee Anderson. <laughs> They're known in certain circles as the Bean Brothers because they did a weird little clip, I think it was a GB News, where they kind of fed each other baked beans. Kinky. To prove, I know, yeah, hey, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> to kind of prove in some way that, uh, you know, bar bargain beans were just as good as, as expensive beans or something. And I mean, the moral of the story in the, with these guys is always poor people should stop moaning and it's all about migrants. So there mm. must have been some kind of bean connection with migrants, I'm not entirely sure. But anyway, so they're the joint deputy chairmen of the Conservative Party. Mm. Um, they've quit in high dudgeon over the Rwanda bill, which they think is not tight enough. But I've said, it said in their joint resignation, as is Rishi Sinak, that they would continue to support him in every other way. This is a funny way of supporting him. Um, I've got a bit of a stupid question. Sorry. Are they still Conservative MPs? They're still MPs. Mm. They haven't resigned the whip. But what it's really about is the increasing shambles of, of the Conservative Party as it starts to pass the event horizon where it irrevocably falls apart. What these guys are doing is they're showing to their own wing of the party 
how strong and unafraid of striking the weak woke leadership, uh, as they see it. And it's all, of course, about who's going to be where after the next election. The likelihood is that both of them will be MPs anyway. Yeah, it seems so odd to me because when they're voting for these amendments, which they were doing yesterday, Robert Jenrick had an amendment, right? And so did Sir Bill Cash. And these were basically to try and limit people appealing against being put on a a flight to Rwanda and also to stop international law. But these amendments kind of came and went. So what's the point of resigning over them? I just don't really understand it. It's symbolism. Both amendments are defeated by Labour votes and... Uh, you know, the, the likelihood that they get through the next stage is, is pretty slim. Sunak is attempting to tough it out and proceed with the bill as if nothing has happened. The mad thing is that the bill itself, amended or unamended, is still wildly unpopular and largely unworkable. It is a very strange hill for this government to die on, particularly for Rishi Sunak to die on. I actually think it's part of the, the damaged psychology of the Conservative Party now. It's not really about Rwanda. It's about the fact that they're addicted to rebellion and factionalism. They want to rerun the triumphs of the Brexit years when Theresa May was brought down by Spartans and the likes of Marc Francois and Andrew Bridgen, you know, these, uh, <laughs> I, I will stick by my principles, even batty though the principles might be. And there is an element of kind of wanting to relive the glories of that. Was that glories? Were they glories? It is, it is in oh, their minds. see it that <laughs> way. It's so bizarre, isn't it? The, the, especially this fixation with Rwanda. They're sort of standing in the middle of the Titanic with with little teacups, trying to scoop this thing out. Going, look at our teacups! Look at our teacups! It's more than that. They, they're standing I mean, on the bow of the Titanic. Going, see that iceberg over there? Go right there, yeah. as you can, that way. It's really strange, and the migration that is really angering a, a, a lot of people is not the result of people who are having to cross the channel in, in boats and risk their lives. It's it's the huge numbers of people entering from Hong Kong and Ukraine and all the rest of it. Those are the big numbers that upset people and that sort of is electorally possibly useful for the Conservative Party. This fixation with Rwanda, the idea that before the election they might get three or four sad-looking people on a plane and there'll be lots of photographs, it's not going to actually do them any good. It's re- I just think it's extraordinary to see them tear themselves apart over this particular issue. And it's unusual because the Conservatives, in my experience, have always been quite good at aligning themselves with something that might help them win. Yeah. They're, they're tactically better at this than Labour and, and the Progressives. Well, that was the, that was the Conservative Party before it lobotomised itself in 2019, where it threw yeah. all, every yeah. thinking MP and every thinking member out of the party because they would not sign up to unconditionally backing yeah. you know, even a hard Brexit or a no-deal Brexit as Boris Johnson's incarnation of the Conservative Party demanded. So the intellectual tank is bone dry and you're left with the likes of Lee Anderson and Brennan Clark-Smith. Now, in The Guardian, there's a jolly little piece about a new cool dude that's becoming quite the influencer in our towns and cities, the urban rat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ratty is everywhere these days. Marcus, eat, spray, love is the title (laughs) of this rat piece. That's a good headline also. It's a great headline. It's really, really good. And it gives us a day in the life of an urban rat. (laughs) And what what does the ratty get up to? 
Oh, all sorts of wonderful things. And if you find lots of rats in your home, um, welcome them in, is my <laughs> advice. And the reason I'm saying that is mostly I've read this and there's nothing you can do to stop them. <laughs> I'm going to draw your attention to this short section here. A small hole is no problem for a big rat. They can gnaw to make it big enough for them to get in. Ah! <laughs> It says they can eat concrete. They can chew through concrete. They can chew through a lot of metals, lead, tin, aluminium. They can even chew through concrete. In fact, they have to chew because their teeth are very hard and keep on growing. So it's essential. (laughs) There's a lovely bit where he he mentions that sewer rats, Mm. who will mostly spend their entire lives living in the sewer, actually dealing with human waste an awful lot better than Thames Water have. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Um, uh, These sewer rats can, if they're so minded, make their way into your house through your toilet. Mm. They can (laughs) climb up the pipe, make their way round the U-bend and climb up, which which (laughs) the writing is more or less, which I'll grant you, some people will find alarming. That isn't alarming. It's literally the worst thing that can happen yes. in the world. That's not mildly alarming. That's a James Herbert novel. <laughs> exactly. There are lots of reasons why I haven't moved to Australia. One is it's simply too far away. The other is I once read a story that snakes are sometimes in the loo and that's enough for yeah, me. But the it. idea that rats are coming in. And actually, uh, Miranda, you pointed me at a brilliant piece, which is still online, that Catelyn Moran wrote about uh, in the Guardian. Like, no, it's in the Times. It's in her column in the Times. Yeah, it's really, really funny about the fact that she basically set up cameras in her house <laughs> to see, I mean, they had probably a rat problem and she described it as looking like Studio 54. <laughs> there were so, <laughs> so many, many rats. Yeah. So many rats. It's just terrifying. When I read that piece, Catelyn is a very funny writer and obviously, so you're guffawing all the way through, but you're also just feeling sick because <laughs> there's a certain point where she discovers that they've all come down the chimney but she's put in like so Christmas. many cameras like, it's like the Christmas rats rat. Santa's. <laughs> <laughs> six of them all coming down every night I mean god incredible oh. uh, there's a section here you sort of think okay well there are clearly a lot of rats but if you have rats hopefully they're you know you won't be totally overwhelmed by them mm. let me draw your attention to this section here which is about how quickly they breed <laughs> um, the first line is this it's a free for all <laughs> Sexy rats. Yeah. Uh, there's a sex ratio of one to one male and female which makes it very easy when they're out foraging they tend to smell each other female is very attracted to the smell of a dominant male and it's fast he says it's over in a second (laughs) most of the time it isn't a successful copulation can I stop you there like most of the time it's not a successful copulation I think they should define successful yeah I I mean you know maybe she wants it quick (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and doesn't want to get pregnant she's She's got stuff to do she's a busy modern rat woman exactly to have it all. Exactly. <laughs> Who'd have thought The Guardian would fall so easily into a sexist <laughs> trap like that? They're literally giving female rats almost no sexual agency at all. It's like these rats have been written in a 1980s sitcom and the female rats are just standing in the kitchen going, you boys. <laughs> rats in the city. But they do, the, they, can, they can have it away very quickly and it takes them, I think, 25 days. Yeah, they're uh, pregnant for 25 days. And then they give birth to an absolute load of um, (laughs) what they call pups, which is not what I'd call a ton of baby rats. (laughs) And then they can get straight back at it again the next day. Um, Now, you may think uh, that where they wee and poo 
is sort of for us a bit grim, but they're actually communicating with each other that mm. uh, it, that this is a good spot for other rats. Yeah. So I they don't. Like, they're, they're not like us. There aren't yeah. rats making a mess and then turning to each other and saying, "Their kids, clear that up, or we'll get people." Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, they actually use their wee and poo to tell other rats it's good round here. There's it's like it's eat. like a review, isn't it? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like a Yelp yeah. review. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it is. It's it's really good. This it's really well written, and yeah. I did find it fascinating, particularly during lockdown. Of course, there was much less food knocking around in public places, which is why there were far higher incidents of people seeing rats during the day. Because mm. if you see a rat during the day, it's hungry or upset about something. There's a rodentologist in this piece who who is very pro rats, and he's basically he makes the point that if rats didn't exist, we would die thirty to forty years earlier because they've been used so often in medicine to test things really? on. Really? Yeah, exactly. Huh? So we they have also got form in spreading some diseases. Yes, but he says actually that he he's points, I'm quite pro-rat now, yeah, <laughs> read yeah. this, having read this piece. So he says actually it's quite hard to get a disease from a rat. So actually if you kind of you know, if yeah. you weigh it up, they've done more more good for us than bad. So I read the whole of this piece, and by the mm. end it was very pro-rat. Mm. But it says they, they don't live very long. It says, if life is really good, let's say they live in an alleyway and no one bothers them, if they get a year, they're happy. I feel yeah. sad about that now. I'm quite pro-rat. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I do, <laughs> I do want to make that clear. I'm David Baddiel. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew. I'm Saeed Avasi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Most people talk about us and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, yeah. we are going to go there. I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Now, we love a great headline here at Papercuts and we've learned to spot the topics that lend themselves to this highly specialist art. Football, <laughs> toilets, <laughs> space travel, rumpy pumpy and bad weather are always good for a headline. So do we have any from these specialist topics today? Well, well I've got some corkers in the star. I'm not sure they, they fit the bill of those ones, but here's uh, page three of the star. Um, Del Boy star David Jason is a secret handyman who loves fixing up old gear and he's teaming up with Jay Blades from Repair Shop on their new show, David and Jay's Touring Tool Shed. And the headline is Del Boy's Only Tools and Horses. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping there's going to be some horses involved to make this headline. <laughs> there's like, you know, horseshoes and like that. But uh, Or they're yeah. travelling between things on a horse. Absolutely, yeah. So that's a, you know, that's a corker. Um, moving deeper into the star on page six, a story which in itself doesn't have a great headline, but there's lots of great mini crossheads in there. This is a story about famous folk who love nature and trees, inspired by top tennis star Novak Djokovic, has revealed the roots of his success hugging trees. As we reported yesterday, says the star. Remember who gets the scoops. Anyway, the headline on this is Give Us a Hug, but the crossheads are Spruce Up Your Life. In 2021, TV star Holly Willoughby left, was encouraged to hug a tree on camera. Holly. For real. Singer Charlotte Church is a self-confessed tree hugger and once planned to give birth beneath one. Lumbering up, Strictly Dancer <laughs> Diane Buswell went for a tree hugging session after a period in lockdown quarantine. I'm a celebrity, etc. So basically, <laughs> wow. they've really gone for a massive workout the start of that one, and I salute you for your... It's one of those things where it's like, we've got 20 headlines, what will we use? Let's use all, all of them. All of them. <laughs> Absolutely. 
And back page of the star. See, I'm doing football. The, yeah, I'm doing the football because nobody else seems to like it. So this is the, the, the story of um, Everton getting punished yet again mm. for things that other big football teams have done for their, their financial impropriety. Everton boss Sean Dyche is fearful that any celebrations of avoiding relegation could blow up in their face days later. That's because the Premier League cannot promise to deliver a verdict on the Toffees' latest profit and sustainability charge before the end of the season. Headline, Sean of the Dread. Oh, very, very good, good headline. headline yeah. yeah, good headline. You can imagine it in Sean Deitch's voice. Like, Sean of the Dread. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, what do you have? Uh, well, it's foul play at Greg's. So Greg's customers... <laughs> 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 That's enough words, yeah. On its own, yeah. yeah. The sun have nailed it from the get-go. Uh, Greg's customers are being terrorised by crows, dive-bombing them to nick their sausage <laughs> wow. rolls. Terrorised by them. And the headline they've gone with is, shock and core. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. That's it is, great. It is good. And they have got an absolutely fantastic photograph of a man holding a sausage roll provocatively high while a crow dive-bombs him and he looks genuinely terrified. That's a Sun reporter. They sent that at that person out, haven't they? Yeah, definitely, and photoshopped a crow onto it. <laughs> um, uh, okay, warning to youngsters. Video gamers are suffering from hearing loss, apparently. Mm. Uh, they could end up deaf because they have the volume too loud and for too long, doctors warn. And they've gone with Grand Deaf Auto. Very good. <laughs> neat. It's very neat, yeah. Uh, now, this is a rarity. The mail have landed a pretty decent pun here. Woo-hoo. We don't often get a good no, pun from the mail. mail. No, you never, normally get just yeah. really long headlines. Well, people may be aware there's been a bit of weather, uh, especially up north, and um, the statue of the Beatles in Liverpool has been caught in a blizzard as Britain shivers, and the mail have gone with, all you need is gloves. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that is really good, <laughs> that, isn't it? Yeah. Really, really good work. Now, Kate Moss's birthday party is on the front of the mirror. It is amazing how her 50th birthday is just stretched across the whole week. It's isn't it? bigger than the Platy Jubes. It's, <laughs> it's gone on for longer than the so Platy Jubes. Um, mm. The headline is Kate has a hippie birthday, and in the mail, it's under Kate so much calmer, K A R M A, at 50. So, Marcus, what did Kate do? do for her birthday? Uh, she sat about. <laughs> <laughs> but she sat about somewhere nice. No, she it? sat about somewhere lovely. Look, she's 50, so sitting about is going to play a bigger and bigger role mm. in her life. <laughs> Basically, she went to Mystique, mm. uh, which is a place, by the way, not just a, uh, a spooky thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, she took a load of really good mates, mm. I assume they're really good mates, uh, to Mystique. And yeah, and they sat about. They actually, interestingly, they sat about wearing the same dress, dress, which I always thought, I'm not massive on fashion, but basically, if two people show up in the same thing, one of you has to leave. That's always been the rule I understood. Well, the thing is, you see, Kate is fond of a theme. So like yeah. for, for her 30th birthday, she had um, a party at Claridge's called The Beautiful and the Damned. And mm. that was a particular kind of, you know, Escott Fitzgerald kind of theme. Yeah. And then this one, the theme is obviously beach. So she's given everybody the same dress, which is essentially a long flowing cheesecloth number in bright colours with a little bit of a kind of sparkly strap. But obviously the person it looks the best on is 
clearly Kate Moss. <laughs> yeah, well, it's her, it's her birthday. It's her birthday and she's Kate Moss. And plus, you, it requires you not to wear a bra. And that's quite difficult when you're a woman of a certain age. Anyway, she looks fantastic. They all look great. She's into wellness yeah, now. She's, now and into she's wellness. got like a wellness brand, I Cosmos. think. So I, uh, Cosmos is the wellness brand. Mm. I have a weird reaction to, whenever I hear the word wellness. I have to do a sort of internal processing thing because my initial response is, ah, crooks and they're QAnon. And they're the reason everything's broken. They're so dangerous. But most people practicing wellness are doing sort of things like I do, just trying to be okay in a quite a difficult and complicated world. So I'm going to assume, given that it's her birthday, that this is not up the vampire repellent spray that Gwyneth Paltrow is selling. And... Not quite, no. No, it's just candles. There's a lot oh, of it's, can- all it's, candles. it's all candles, and there's a, a bit of kind of facial stuff. Anyway, um, uh, they they're sitting around, and they're, they're they're clearly sitting in a circle in their beach dresses. I mean, supposedly with their legs crossed and being calm, but although that doesn't look very comfy, it looks maybe as if they're sort of having a a healing circle. That's how mm. it's described. But to be honest, from what they're doing with their arms, I think they're playing a game of zip zap boing, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or Uno. <laughs> Look, anyway, Andrew, I'm going to test you on your knowledge of Kate Moss' friends. Yes. Okay, because here is a list of the people who went. Yes. Okay. This will be a short quiz, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, her daughter went. That's fine. Okay, so then um, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six people that went. Okay, all all women. All right, first up, Sadie Frost. Used to be married to Jude Law. Yes. Correct. Very very good. Sadie Frost. It's a very nice person, I have yeah. to say. Rosemary Ferguson. Uh, trains horses for the late queen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. She's a model stroke nutritionist and she is wife of Jake Chapman from the Chapman Brothers art fame. Okay. Flora Starkey. I'm going to say it's Ringo's daughter. N- no, but you're kind of close. Okay, so it is Ringo's granddaughter-in-law so she's married to his grandson so my stupid guess was correct correct ish yeah. bing bing <laughs> okay Jess Hallett uh, she does the videos here at Podmasters uh, no that's incorrect <laughs> okay <laughs> she's a casting director Jess Morris backing singer with self esteem <laughs> <laughs> no she's a designer she's a hoot I have to say okay. I've met Jess Morris a few times too, so then she's a complete hoot and Katie England uh, married to Bobby Gillespie yeah, correct. Ah, <laughs> wow. How about that? We give you like two and a half. That's All pretty right. good. Yeah, you've done well there. Well done. I'm amazed. And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Andrew. Thank you, Miranda. And thanks to Marcus. Thanks very much. And if you like us away past Blue Monday and right into Wavy Wednesday, <laughs> then why not join the Paper Cuts Supporters Club? Just £3 a month gets you ad-free episodes and extended editions, plus the chance to impress all the important people you know with your own personal Paper Cuts merchandise, including a special mug as modelled by our Ooh. Andrew. Ooh, he's enjoying it. What a great cup of tea. Yes, it's true. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when the world's oldest dog, the late Bobby, the Portuguese Mastiff, who lived until he was 31, has had his title suspended by the Guinness Book of Records for possible cheating. They spotted that in a photo of Bobby from 1999, he had different coloured paws. (laughs) But maybe he was wearing Bobby socks. See you tomorrow. Paper Cuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Marcus Brigstock and Podmasters Group Editor Andrew Harrison. The producer was Liam Tate with assistant production by Adam Wright. 
Music and audio production was by me, Simon Williams, with socials by Jess Harpin and Mike Bolin. The managing editor was Jacob Jarvis and the executive producer was Martin Boitosh. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production.